Hey guys, it's Terrence Mann. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E-Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here tonight on Christmas Eve Eve, uh, recording, recapping Florida State's early national signing day. Uh, we're going to recap the USF game that Florida State's hoop, hoops had, who got out of a close game there. Uh, and then we're going to talk about assistants coming in to Florida State, also that haven't been announced and reported. Uh, a little bit of the staff that is leaving Florida State. Uh, and we will go over a little bit of some targets here and there of filling out the rest of Florida State's 2020 class. How you guys doing this evening? I got Dustin Lewis, our lead writer, and our lead basketball writer, Austin Feezy, with us tonight. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's going on? Excited to be here. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say Merry Kruma to all our followers, and thanks for listening. Um, that's the happiest I've ever heard, Dustin. Honestly, yeah. um, but you do seem like the type to say Christmas Eve, Eve, Logan. I wasn't surprised mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. I am. We are two days away from Santa coming. Doesn't he? Doesn't he just? Does he comes like early in the morning? Depends where like you live, bro. I mean, he has a he has a really big job to do that day. So some people got to wait. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get any good gifts, Dustin? No, no, (laughs) doesn't surprise me. Treats me like crap every year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Thanks, (laughs) mom. She's listening too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you better watch out. (laughs) She's listening. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'd say we jump into a little bit of this early national signing day uh, recap. Um, We had Jeremiah on last week to give us a rundown and everything. And I think he did a pretty good job. You know, it was 50-50 there for Morvin Joseph between Florida State uh, and Tennessee. And he decided to go with Pruitt over there in the SEC. Um, but other than that, I mean, we were, we were pretty close on and he gave us some good intel. Uh, so we're going to do our best to, to kind of go over what Florida State brought in this class. And, you know, Florida State and Mike Norvell were, was able to bring in two quarterbacks uh, and the big one of the day being uh, Chubba Purdy flipping from Louisville to Florida State. How about that, guys? Yeah, I mean, that was great. Like like you said, Logan, it was a very successful early signing day for Florida State. Started off with getting Kentron Poitier, so, who I'm not sure many people expected to sign with FSU coming into the day. Then, obviously, you had Josh Griffiths flipping from Louisville. You had Brian Robinson deciding to sign with Florida State, which is something we expected for a while. And you top it off with getting Chubba Purdy. So 
really good day for Mike Norvell, who had only been 10 days on the job going into Wednesday. Yeah, and that Purdy flip was huge. Obviously, we knew the quarterback room was a big issue coming in to the offseason, even the past few seasons. Um, but there was smoke leading to it throughout the week. Like, all of his tweets were mentioning Florida State and Louisville or how his banner at his uh, signing ceremony just said to be announced or something like that. The signs are all there. It, it kind of felt expected when he yeah. did announce. Yeah, especially when it went out on his Twitter that he'd be deciding now yeah. mm-hmm. instead of signing yeah. with uh, Louisville, who he's already committed to at the time. So, yeah, it was just kind of a, a telltale, which, I mean, we were kind of expecting it coming off the visit. The vibes were there. And especially with some of this information that's come out recently that Purdy was actually the first party to reach out to Florida State, which is a little surprising to hear. But, I mean, yeah, Florida State got one in the bag. And, I mean, you can just credit that to Mike Norvell and also Dillingham's Arizona connections. I mean, they did a really great job with this one. And Norvell actually said that Florida State doesn't intend to pursue a grad transfer quarterback now. So he's feeling really comfortable with the quarterback room. And I feel like that probably means we'll we'll see James Blackman return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the help in depth there if he does. And one thing that was a another, it was kind of, of course, not the limelight, but you know, uh, Jeff Sims goes to Georgia Tech, and and that kind of just proves on what Mike Norvell had gotten home and talked to him about uh, with him not being, you know, his guy, his quarterback, and and he and Norvell earned some respect from that. I'm sure uh, this helps the player more than anything, and so Jeff Sims. Uh, gets a good chance at Georgia Tech to play, and there has been there was some things swirling uh, early on, uh, whenever the hire was about to happen with Mike Norvell, that Jeff Sims was in close contact with Georgia Tech. We saw that, but um, it, it was expected for him not to sign with Florida State. But you know, it's it, it's 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 just the way of life with this kind of stuff. You bring in a new coach, it's a new system, and he was being truthful to Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims, I think, loved Florida State. He loved Tallahassee, and he also loved the fan base around. Um, so it's it's a it's, a, it's kind of a tough situation, but I, I hope he gets a really good chance at Georgia Tech. Uh, it seems like he's a really good kid, and he's still got a, a high ceiling. Um, and I, I think Florida State fans should should uh, you know be supportive of him, of course. And I think Florida State Florida State fans on their own are pretty happy with what happened too on their side with bringing in Chubba Purdy and Roadmaker. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, nothing in recruiting is guaranteed. We saw with Sam Howell in the last cycle committed to Florida State really early on, and then, bam, last second, he's signing with North Carolina. And, you know, same thing this year. Jeff Sims, he committed, I want to say, back in April, May-ish. We watched him all through the summer, go through the Elite 11, followed him his entire senior season. We're, you know, completely expecting him to be here, and then, wrenching the plans suddenly he's going to georgia tech and i mean this time it at least you know it it worked out for him because he still gets to go to uh, a pretty good school that's rebuilding over there in atlanta and it also worked out for florida state because they bring in two high caliber quarterbacks under norvell so it was it was good in the end for both parties i would say yeah and georgia tech needed quarterback as badly as we did so yeah i would say it definitely worked out Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing about Roadmaker, maybe a three-star, and then this kind of goes for Purdy too. Both uh, both players 
and guys played against some very solid uh, competition. Rittermaker coming from Valdosta, he's had some uh, in his region. He's got good competition. Um, and yeah. Same goes for Purdy. That's one thing that was probably a, a, a key thing for Norvell that he looked into. Um, and he's going to try to build off these two guys and create a good competition come fall with, with James Blackman and Jordan Travis there and while Hornybrook is uh, leaving for his senior year. Um, so it should be, create uh, a solid competition that I think um, FSU fans should you know should feel nice about, nice and relaxed heading into the offseason. Uh, yeah. Another one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Roadmaker played in uh, Georgia's highest class, and he was first-team quarterback, so... Mm-hmm. Got a pretty good guy coming in. He threw 40, I think it was 41 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So really impressive stat-wise. And I think we mentioned Purdy as well. He had recorded like 100-something passing touchdowns and over 2,000 rushing yards in, in the last two seasons. So just some ridiculous stats out of two talented quarterbacks coming into Florida State. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Another guy that flips from Louisville to Florida State is Josh Griffiths, defensive end. Uh, I don't know if there was some plan. I know we talked about it, Dustin, but I don't know if there was a certain <laughs> plan of that whole thing going on. Dustin is a approves of it. Uh, of Josh Griffiths going to Louisville and then trying to help flip Purdy over there. I don't know if it was. If it is, I'm, we'll fe- I'm thinking it was. Tell us. <laughs> I'm thinking it was too. Maybe I I don't know, but uh, Josh Griffiths also goes with Purdy and he goes to Florida State. I was not really shocked whatsoever at that. I, I thought Josh Griffiths was a null throughout it all. I know there's some social media stuff that he goes through, but I, I hope he does really well here. I hope he proves a lot of people, some people wrong. There's not a lot of them, but I think he I think he has some potential here to really have a chip on his shoulder and just be kind of pissed off and, and have a great career, and I think it will. And uh, you know, Florida State pisses off Louisville fans. And they take two two talented guys away, and it should be a pretty good game the next time they uh, face one another. Yeah, and the tweet Logan's actually referring to is uh, during Chubba Purdy's official visit, Josh Griffiths was on canvas at the same time, as well as a ton of other Florida State targets and um, commits at the time. But I said Josh Griffiths really committed to Louisville to bring Chubba Purdy to Tallahassee. And uh-huh. um, it got a lot of attention. And I, I replied to people, I was like, no, I'm just I'm just joking. But the best part was on, on Wednesday in the afternoon after Griffiths had, had flipped officially and after Chubba had signed with Florida State, a couple hours after that, Griffiths retweeted the tweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, yeah. it came true. Yeah, it might have. It might have. I, I'm, I'm, I, think it's on, I think it's on the table. I'm not going to deny it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a punter. From Australia, out of Down nowhere. Under. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> See, say it again. Down under. All right, it got worse the second time. <laughs> I should have stuck with the yeah. first. Dang it, you had it. Uh, punter Alex Mastramona. Mano? Astramano. Mastramano. I'm terrible. I hate just. You sound like you're Mastromano, I would say. Mastromano. I don't know. But. He's got a cannon for a leg. I know we've seen things like this before, uh, but you know Florida State does need help special teams. We got two guys leaving with Ricky Aguayanov. Obviously, Logan Tyler is no longer with the team, um, and so Florida State brings in a punter from Australia. Seems like Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell said that he talked with him 
when coming to Florida State, he talked to him, the first recruit, before anybody. Or actually, no, no, no. Maybe. No, no. He, Alex was the first one um, to sign, I believe, if, if I'm yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, I forget. Who, who did he talk to? It was, uh, it was oh, Toa Philly. Philly. Yeah, he talked to Toa Philly first, a running back. that also signed with Florida State. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a guy coming from Australia. There's been some, there's, there's some, something going on around in Australia, uh, and, and not, maybe not in the United States, but outside of it, that bring in some pretty good kickers. So you see them starting to pile in and, and college football also in the league too. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like LSU started the trend. If you think about it, I feel like LSU mm-hmm. had so many different kickers and punters coming in from Australia that had success and then went on to the NFL for a little bit. So they started the pipeline, and everyone else is starting to tap in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Three-star wide receiver Kentron Porter is going to go with the Knowles. That was kind of like a, a little surprise there for a lot of Knowles uh, coming out of nowhere. He has a pretty nice highlight video on Twitter of him getting, grabbing a one-handed touchdown uh, in the corner. Uh, but, yeah, three-star wide receiver Kentron, or Kentron uh, Porter. Poiter. I'm terrible with names right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> par usual for, for you. But, nah. <laughs> yeah, just speak about Poiter real quick. He Many thought he was headed to Syracuse and that he didn't have a committable offer to Florida State. Plus, he didn't really have much of a connection to, to the new staff outside of uh, Ron Dugan. So he was really a big target whenever, whenever Taggart was around. And, and back in the summer, his name was popping around a little bit. So yeah, it really it really came out of nowhere, but I mean it was a nice early signing day surprise, especially maybe with you know a little bit of a question mark now with Malachi Whiteman not signing early, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yep, and and Ron Dugan's had a pretty good day too. He's doing pretty well for himself on the recruiting trail, uh, and definitely when I you know we'll get to Malachi Whiteman, but Brian Robinson, four-star wide receiver, also signs with Florida State. He is a, a talented guy. I think he was going to stick with Florida State um, as long as Ron Dugans was there. Um, and he's got a pretty decent build to him, too. A big guy uh, who can make some plays. And Florida State, I feel like Mike Norvell is bringing in, like he's saying, and, and Dillingham. I mean, this wasn't their guy from the right off the bat. But, you know, they're keeping playmakers that they want to see uh, on the field with their whoever they have at quarterback they want to see some guys on the outside be able to make some plays kind of like a Tamara on Terry nobody cares about my my last name relative Brian Robinson uh dang well since he since he could be related to you uh, you've made me care about him a lot less Damn, jeez, wow. <laughs> out of nowhere, out of nowhere, man, that's mean. Uh, four-star defensive end, Morvin Joseph. This is one of like a 50-50 situation. I think it changed a little bit more heading into the day of early National Signing Day the morning. But uh, Pruitt brings in a four-star defensive end with Joseph. Uh, and he had been around Florida State a lot. He didn't want to have interviews after his last official visit to Florida State the weekend prior uh and he's a big cat i was i'm i'm a fan of his i think he's got a big potential uh, in college football the sad thing is though that he's going to go to tennessee uh i do think it will be a nice fit with pruitt there uh but he does not want to go with the Knowles um and florida states uh gonna gonna try to hopefully shoot for the stars here and try to bring in a, a decent defensive line and this is going to be odell higgins big big uh 
job here moving forward because right now the defensive tackle unit has got to be uh, figured out uh, into the next class. Yeah, and, uh, you know, really coming into the day was, like you said, Logan, 50-50 between Florida State and Tennessee. And really the the relationships there with Pruitt and also some of the members of his staff just went out in the end. I mean, Joseph had a great relationship with Odell Haggins, but he didn't have enough with the rest of Florida State's new staff in, in that short of a time period, I guess, to, to feel comfortable with making the move to Tallahassee. But, I mean, still, you know, obviously he's going to – a good program that Pruitt's building over in Knoxville. And like you said, Logan, now Florida state has to move on to some other targets and it'd be, it'd be really helpful to the potential of this roster in 2020. If Corey Durden came back, I would say. Mm-hmm. That would be huge. That would, that they need to have some kind of depth there or it's going to be a concern. Yeah. But uh, Florida certainly. state did land a, a defensive end on early signing day, a, a transfer out of Louisville, who yeah. at this point has got to be hating Florida State. I mean, I, <laughs> man, but transfer defensive end Jared Jackson actually signed with FSU on early signing day. Um, he sat out the 2018 season, but as a, as a true freshman, he played in a couple games and had 16 tackles and two sacks and a forced fumble. He's a Florida native. He had a relation. I think he had a relationship with either Jimbo staff in the end or, or the early on with Taggart staff. But he wanted to be at Florida State during his high school recruitment. It just didn't work out, and now mm-hmm. he's going to get a shot at Florida State. And on the on the defensive line, he'll be immediately eligible next year. Three years to play three, so that that could be big. That could be a big boost off the edge. Uh, we definitely need depth there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's no, six sir. foot six, two hundred and eighty five pounds. So I mean Yeah, he's no, a big his guy. His pictures look big. I think I think Austin is touching. He's rubbing off on his uh on his mic there. Um Oh, is that sh- whoops. Yeah. No, you do a good job at it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What? It's all right, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. I'm just giving him a hard time. My bad. My bad. Uh, let's talk about Malachi Weidman since that's going to be a big topic. I think we're going to release something tomorrow morning on Malachi Weidman. He is a four-star wide receiver, but also a strong, strong talent and basketball for Leonard Hamilton coming up in their next class also. But, uh, he is now Florida state fans and everybody was kind of hoping to expect him to sign on early national signing day. And I think that was also Weidman's plan in part two, but, uh, this has got to do with academics, and I think Dustin has a little bit more uh, details on the situation there. Well, I, I wanted to ask Austin because, I mean, last podcast, Austin told us he, he, visited, he visited with the basketball team and everything was all good and he was going to sign. So, hey, what happened, buddy? Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything differently. <laughs> when uh, you guys mentioned the academics, I was that had been news to me. Um, they're still expecting him to sign before the end of the signing period, as far as I'm concerned, but that ends. Pretty soon, obviously. Yeah, I'm just I'm just messing with you anyway. But yeah, an update on Malachi Wyman. Obviously, it was a it was a pretty big surprise for him not to sign early, especially because one thing Norvell wanted to do was lock down this class early, so they could focus on more targets as we approach February. But actually, Wyman, uh, what's the what's he at? 
the city the city of palms tournament mm-hmm. is that right austin correct yeah he's at the city of palms tournament just won the dunk contest and and did an interview with the local paper afterwards and um this is this is a quote from the paper for i don't i don't know what the paper is <laughs> for Fort Myers News. <laughs> Dang. Jeez, shout out to Fort Myers but, News. But he but a quote from Wyman, he said, I'm just focusing on school right now. I'm making sure that comes first because I've been doing a lot of ACT and SAT prep. So I just want to focus on that and finish out that strong. Then I'll worry about the next level and that'll be signing. And then after that he he talked about having uh Thomas Schrader, his high school teammate at Venice going with him to to Florida State, and he said it definitely makes the decision a, a lot easier. Where I want to go to the collegiate level, it's always a blessing to have a friend because in college you'll definitely go through some tough times, hit some bumps in the road. It's always good to have a friend with you on the way. And then at the end, Thomas Schrader was also in the article and talked about how they plan on becoming roommates in Tallahassee. And Schrader said, "Whatever he wants to do." I'll be his roommate. And Weidman replied, it's something we're going to push for. So in my opinion, that makes it sound like Weidman is definitely going to be signing with Florida State in February based off those comments. Yeah, no, most certainly. I believe that, too. It seems like it's just academic stuff that just needs to be figured out and handled. You got to hope that is something that doesn't last through the career once you arrive at Florida State, because I feel like we've seen something in this kind of area with what's going on with um, Travis at, at Florida State, um, and that's that's something that you don't want to have. But I do agree with the Dustin. I do think Malachi Wyman is uh, is going to stick and, and go to Florida State. It's just some stuff academically holding them back. Do you agree, Austin? I do agree. I was just wondering what you were going to finish that sentence with. <laughs> just making sure you were going to agree with me. That's all I needed to hear. I know it's rare, but I do. Malachi Weidman is going to be exciting to watch. We talked about it, but, I mean, man, Chubba Purdy to Malachi Weidman in a couple years on the football field, and then you've got Scotty Barnes tossing him lobs on, on the hardwood. So really exciting mm-hmm. potential to be – a mate like just a major impact in in two sports at Florida State. The Jam to Ham dunk competition should be very fun. I will say that. Yeah, if they actually have it next year, they didn't have they it next year. Yeah, I think it was weather. I think who knows? Depression. And I was talking about Travis J uh, earlier about football wise. If anybody's wondering, because he's still sticking, he's still he was in pretty much ineligible this year. Cause something holding him back from high school stuff. Uh, I think he was having to complete a class or two. So uh, that that you don't want to kind of see that. You don't want to see that situation happen to a talented, crazy talented guy in two sports that affects both Hamilton and Norvell heading into the season. And you know, one thing I'm excited about is just like Norvell saying, you know, playmaking uh, from your guys that are special. And I think Malachi Weidman is probably your top dog there that's coming in that has an extremely uh, good amount of talent. That's just kind of a freak freaky guy um, and I'm excited to see him in both sports because you know Jeremiah told us last week that you know his intention was just to kind of be a basketball player but you know he tried out football and he he turned out to be a, a talented dude and and make some special plays and highlights and made things on <laughs> videos go viral on Twitter so and Instagram so he, I'm excited for him to come in I think he'll uh, 
think he'll be a good good uh, jump for Norvell. Get it? I said jump, you know, because he jumps a lot. Good that one. Was horrible. I don't know. That'd be something cool to say. I guess not. Any, any, uh, so yeah, Florida State finishes the class, uh, early national signing days with 17 signees, uh, one transfer from Jared Jackson and a number 21 overall ranking per 247 sports. Um, and if anybody else has anything else to say regarding the class, please do so. I just want to. I just want to say I'm. A, I'm very excited to see Mike Norvell work with two months instead of ten days. Well, a month and a half instead of ten days. I would agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah, it was amazing. He was able to flip two quarterbacks in a span that uh, Tiger couldn't even get to in <laughs> two years. So you know, it was it was pretty good to see. And yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what we can do over these next month and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. the bar was already set pretty low, so he just went ahead and nailed it out of the sky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. A, I think he finished it off strong, and I think not only us think that, but a lot of national media t- media do too, um, on all kinds of fronts. Uh, let's see here. Kendall Bryles is going to be heading to Arkansas as their offensive coordinator. There was some rumors about that pretty early on, uh, but he'll be leaving Florida State. It's unknown though if he'll be coaching the bowl game. That is going to happen on New Year's Eve, uh, but he's going to be leaving Florida State. And you know, I'm I'm I give him uh, I I thought he did a decent job here at FSU for what he had to work with. He's not his quarterbacks, um, not his quarterbacks whatsoever. And you had to work with James Blackman, who's not that type of guy with speed tempo. Like we're talking speed, speed, tempo, and being able to run the ball. Uh, it's just not his kind of quarterbacks. And Alex Hornibrook, um, Jordan Travis maybe, but it seemed like Jordan Travis couldn't learn the, the playbook really well. But Kendall Browse is going to or Arkansas. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh-uh. And y'all, uh, awesome. <laughs> y'all kind of collided there. Yeah, I was going to let him go. No, I was just interjecting real quick. I think it's a great fit for him. And, of course, all the Derek Keen rumors started popping up again once he, yeah. once it was announced. That's what I was going to say. It's like now Derek King goes from grad transferring to Florida State to now grad transferring to Arkansas, who actually I was just I was just looking at their stats. They had a terrible quarterback room this year. And, and uh, actually their starting quarterback, Nick Starko, he'll be moving on. So, honestly, Derek King could slot in perfectly there if Kendall Bryles gets full control of – the offense under new Arkansas head coach, Sam Pittman. So, I mean, we'll see definitely an interesting landing spot for him, especially now splitting up with Brandy Clements, who we talked about heading over to Ole Miss. So yeah, going to be exciting to see them next year when they go head to head in the SEC. Another guy that's leaving, I guess you could say leaving Florida state one there for crazy long and didn't have a big priority as, as being on the staff. But uh, Jim Levitt is going to FAU to join his bestie, Willie Taggart. Um, and, you know, you would probably think here with Willie Taggart and what he brought from Oregon and what he's done before, but bringing from Oregon to Florida State, Dante Pimpleton and, and Woody and also David Kelly, who coached wide receivers and moved over to uh, as a recruiting coordinator uh, David Kelly coached wide receivers in his first year under Willie Taggart. Uh, and then also uh, Telly Lockett. 
Yeah, and I've actually I've heard a rumor, and I mean I, it's it's unconfirmed, obviously, but I've heard a rumor that there are some guys on the the current FSU staff who are going to be heading over to FSU after the bowl game. But the reason it's not being announced they're heading over to FSU or FAU. That's pretty impressive. Oh, my bad. Wow. All right. Sorry. They're going they're going from FSU to FAU. But the reason it hasn't been announced yet is because um, some of the, some of these coaches contracts expire uh, right after the new year. So they're just collecting their their last couple checks and letting that contract expire before going to the next one. But that's a rumor unconfirmed, but just something that I've heard floated around. Mm-hmm. That makes sense too. I've always wondered that kind of stuff and what contracts and the cer- certain situations there. And like I'm looking at Kendall Browse and seeing what that does for him. Uh, and you definitely get a little bit more money, I'm sure, staying after a bowl game. And then if the entails being after the new year, then there it is for you. you get some extra money. So that, that yeah. doesn't surprise me. Jim Lovick, he he can leave whenever he wants. You know, he's kind of like a friggin' free agent out there. He can go. But guys that are coaching position groups and even like a recording coordinator like David Kelly. Uh, has some ties to get some more money to end off the season. And, and you know, I, you know, Pimpleton too is a guy. At least just singling him out here, he he has some really close ties, like he did in Oregon, uh, but now of course at Florida State, he's he's a players kind of coach. He's close with them. He always brings them over to his place. They have dinner a lot, uh, and I'm I'm sure he is wants to at least finish out the season with them and. Uh, you know, help out as much as possible. But, you know, the thing is, he doesn't really have anybody to work with for that ball game. Yeah. Which we'll get into. I mean, he doesn't have anybody. But just, I, I think, overall, though, he, he is a guy that uh, works on building close connections. And we saw that early on whenever he arrived at Florida State. Speaking of running backs, Kalen LeBourne, uh, Nodell Higgins, let us know that he had surgery again on the same knee. Uh, he's been dealing with injuries all throughout his career at Florida City. He's a fellow five-star, to also with Cam Akers, and he's been dealing with a lot of stuff throughout his career. He's also still, we haven't heard anything in the update, but he was suspended too uh, before the UF game. Uh, so he is not going to be playing in Florida State's bowl game because he just had surgery so florida state is at zero scholarship quarterbacks right now they're going to focus on deontay (laughs) what i say quarterbacks (laughs) well i mean is that really wrong either they're gonna be without any running backs without any running backs um and they're gonna have deontay sheffield who's very liked on the team but he is a walk-on uh and yeah that's pretty much all You've got you do have another uh, you do have another backup uh, or another backup another walk on with uh, what Trevius Ward. You've got um, you've got Deontay Sheffield, um, Treshawn Ward, Ward. walk on true freshman, and then you also have Raquan Webb, a redshirt junior walk on. So all three of those guys I would say are gonna see some time at running back. Sheffield will probably get the the bulk of the reps I'd imagine. And then, you know, you've also got a guy like Gabe Neighbors, who is a former fullback. I bet we'll see Gabe potentially mm-hmm. get some carries. Um, yeah. They'll probably throw in some wrinkles with Jordan Travis to get him the ball since there's no running back. So I'm honestly really interested to see how they mitigate this situation. 
Yeah, I was going to say neighbors as well. With his with his experience at fullback, I would definitely expect to see him get at least a few reps, a few carries in that we haven't seen him get all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they uh, the thing with this is, you know, I don't know if Kendall Browles will be coaching this game or not because I would feel a little bit more comfortable if he did. I'd see some pretty interesting creativity, but uh, I don't know who would be coaching the offense then uh let's see who's left like we said dante pimpleton i believe it'd be dugans wouldn't it it might be yeah i guess it's crazy though i mean yeah it's It's just a sticky situation (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no it is a complete uh screwball heading into a a decent uh, arizona state Team that Herm Edwards should send it all on the quarterback uh, on They're during this game. Kill us. Yeah, they they should just absolutely be a bully during this game and just fully get after Blackman. Uh, but what other team? What is there any other team that doesn't do that? <laughs> They're yeah. smart because uh, I mean take full advantage of it. But yeah, Florida State's gonna be without any scholarship running backs, and that just kind of goes to show you too. You know, there not a really a lot of uh, good recruiting there on that front. <laughs> well, just having two guys. I mean, you're also you weren't expecting Anthony Grant not to be on the team really this year, right? Play and that's Plus a, that Andre transfer. Yeah, and I think that was a lot to do with his personal being and having to kind of learn his lesson. Uh, but Anthony Grant was kind of a surprise to everybody. He had been training really hard during the offseason. We saw it, uh, and I was really excited for him too. Because we had seen him mostly in special teams in his first year, but you know we didn't really get to see him all that much at the actual running back position. And I was really stoked to see him get some playing time and try to uh, push uh, Kaden LeBorn. But uh, we were uh, told differently this season. But he is expected to. We're kind of expecting him to return next season, though. For yeah, we're, State. we're expecting him to return. We still really have no idea what happened. But yeah. yeah, he's expected to return. So okay, I think yeah, there's I, some rumors, but there's nothing confirmed. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, rumors. Yeah. yeah, there's some just gotta some personal things that you can fix. You most certainly can. Just might take some take a while, but you know, we we would like to see him come back, and because I enjoyed watching him. Uh, but yeah, Florida State uh, is gonna be very limited offensively in a lot of different ways uh, and you know you're already without cam Akers. you know he's gone that was about 80 percent of your offense mm-hmm. um but uh, i guess the best thing out of this is you know you're you have tomorrow on terry that's going to play and he's going to probably try to have a highlight type game and see if he wants to go to the league or not uh but you know florida states overall injury wise it was just a just a disastrous season in that front i mean it just seemed like just dropping like flies every game. At least, at least two guys would go down a game that would either be significant, where they'd have to sit out a couple of weeks, or it'd be uh, indefinite. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I feel like that goes hand in hand with with strength and conditioning, because now we're expecting uh, Josh Storms to follow Norvell from Memphis. Um, we talked about him. I don't know if we talked about him on the podcast or if it was just me and my cannons articles but he he's been highly regarded in the strength and conditioning field and he could potentially start to get Florida State back to that level that we were seeing a decade or so ago and you know since then 
I feel like Florida State has just been beaten up with injuries. Guys haven't had the the necessary strength to compete at this level of football. And that's that's something that's got to change. And it all starts in the weight room and um, in nutrition. Yeah, that's something that's got to be changed uh, immediately. And we have had multiple former Noles on here, former national championship uh, national champions from the 2013 season, and they really, well, they would just bring up having Vic Valoria and and being their strength and conditioning coach, and how pivotal he was at Florida State and their success there, and getting them ready throughout the off season, and how tough he was, and and also how close they were, but just how they got him uh, ready for. Uh, games and big games and also just throughout the the off season and on field and the weight room and you can definitely see just a whole 180 this isn't a, a florida state team i mean dontavius jackson is probably two times smaller than nick moody uh is i mean they're, they're just not the size uh, your linebackers are the sizes of dbs and that's how florida state has been for the last four years um, it just hasn't been close. Uh, maybe Reggie Northrup was your last big linebacker. Uh, I'm trying to think who else that had some size to him. I, I don't really <laughs> can't. It's hard to say. And... Terrence Smith is the last one that comes to mind for me. Maybe, yeah. He's just more of a slimmer. He's just kind of like a slimmer big, kind of like how Tevin Smith was. Telvin was just skinny. I think of a guy like Dakota Watson, Vince Williams, <laughs> yeah, Lawrence well, Timmons. Yeah, well, yeah, um, like some, some big cats. Uh, and Florida State just hasn't had science there at, at linebacker in a very, very long time. That goes into the weight room. Yeah, uh, and it yeah. didn't. It didn't get any better under Willie Taggart. I mean, you had. I relay Odorinde, follow him from Florida State to Oregon, which, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but at Oregon there was actually a, a big a big case where some players had to be hospitalized following a workout because they weren't hydrated enough, and they had, <laughs> yeah, it was like oh, well, overexertion. And I'm actually reading this right now real quick. It says, I relay Odorinde's sole credential to, to be a strength and conditioning coach is a 21 hour strength training course offered by the U S track and field and cross country coaches association that he attained while he was at South Florida in 2016. So if that's true, a 21 hour course got him certified to be the head of strength and conditioning at a D one college program, which is kind of bullshit. If you think about it, <laughs> uh, it says yeah. he has a bachelor's in recreation administration. So basically, basically what I'm saying is if Josh Storms does end up coming over with Norvell, this guy is way more qualified than Odorende. He's been doing this for over a decade, dating back to, to winning him, him and Norvell first cross paths at Arizona State. And I really think he could turn around Florida State's whole program. Wow. Bold you, I mean, I'll be tweeting that quote. Think later. about think about um, I can't I don't know the guy by name. But the one coach that has been with Nick Saban his entire time at Alabama, one coach is their strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. He's the one that doesn't have a voice anymore, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it just so. goes to show how pivotal those guys can be to developing your program off the field. I mean, they're they're behind the shadow, but mm-hmm. I mean they're 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 doing a much bigger job than they're getting credit for. 
I agree because most coaches too, and big name coaches in the Saban area and in Dabo, they'll mention saying that you know I'm the head coach during the season, but they're in the off season. They got these guys are the head coaches because it's it plays such a pivotal role in how the success is in the next season for them. It's humongous, and Florida State has lacked that a lot. I was laughing earlier, Dustin, because the dehydration thing, and well, damn, we saw that in the first <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. You know, it, it all kind of connects. Think about that. Yeah, it all kind of connects now how Florida State was struggling in their first game against Boise State, and you know, you, you, uh, you uh, I mean, we've played <laughs> football in, in, in Florida, Dustin, and it is hot as hell. I mean, and you got to do conditioning every day, no matter what. Uh, and the fact that Florida state was struggling so hard against Boise state and it, and just could not last. And guys were just on the ground cramping and cramping and guys were still cramping during the season too. Even this late season, I believe Janaris Robinson cramped, cramped at least on average, uh, six times this year. I don't know. He he was down a lot, but I mean he's also a big cat. But you got to be ready to get these big cats fueled. Look at Alabama. Gener- There's about 15 Janarius Robinsons there. You got to be able to f- fuel these cats. Make sure they're fully got their good meals. Uh, I will say, you know, Cam Akers, but Cam Akers has a different mentality. He trains a lot on his own and in his hometown during the offseason. But, I mean, he went up and bent, he was benching a lot. He also squatted. He was squatting as much as their linemen were, which is kind of uh, – that's he's when you know a there's freak. a problem. Yeah, I know. He's a freak athlete, most certainly. He's going to do very well for his combine, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Florida State's got to figure out a situation there on the back end of things. I do agree, Dustin, because that is such a big reason on how teams do well. And like, and hopefully storm can bring that edge and, and yeah. bring that, uh, his past experience that he has and his qualification to Florida state. Yeah. Cause when, I mean, when you're bringing an offensive lineman out of high school, I mean, you're typically trying to retro these guys and give them a full year in your strength and conditioning program. And then maybe an extra year as well to, get their bodies accumulated to, to be able to take the kind of pounding that they do at the college level. So, I mean, it all, it all starts in the weight room. It all starts off the field and it's an area that Florida state has to get a lot better in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most certainly. Um, and we'll, we'll see. It's interesting, but it, it just goes back to like I was saying earlier with having these past national champions on here and how big, effect Vic Valoria had on them and I, I do agree you got to have guys that are conditioned for games and they've got to be able to last uh, four full quarters and if not more you know facing good competition um, let's get into a little bit of the assistance and then we'll get ended off with basketball here uh, Florida State is going to bring on Chris Thompson as a deputy head coach it's still kind of uh, up in the air, though, of who will coach a position, but Norvell has named him a deputy head coach. Not sure if I've heard that really before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting. interesting title, but I really think it's just it's a placeholder for now until they figure out their other offensive position coaches, and then he'll coach whatever is left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Atkins uh, from Charlotte is going to come and coach the offensive lineman per multiple reports. Chris Marv is coming from Mississippi State to coach linebackers, young coach, up and coming. Uh, and then here goes another great last name for me to talk about. John Papuchis. Papuchis. <laughs> Papuchis. I hate that. I, like, I just say these because I've never heard anybody say it out loud. So I'm like, 
Papuches. Papuches. Papuches, I guess. Papuches uh, is going to help out <laughs> with special teams and defensive ends, uh, it's looking like. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of like your, your, your solidified so far assistant coaches added on since last time we recorded. Um, I'm out of that group. I'm, I'm pretty excited for Chris Marv with the linebacker. He's young. I think he'll connect well. The linebacker group is something that big of need, and he's also highly respected so far. Uh, I think he was named one of the top coaches, uh, up-and-coming coaches under the age of 30, if I'm correct. Is that wrong? Am I thinking someone else? I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's your stat, bro. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm just hoping he's under 30. I hope you're right. Wrong. Yeah, I hope I don't. I didn't just lose all my credibility. <laughs> I just lost all of it. Uh, no, he's he's exactly uh, thirty, so thirty and under. There you go. That was correct. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm actually I'm actually a little excited about uh, Papuchas, who I'm I'm still not sure if I'm saying that correctly, and if he is listening to that podcast, I apologize, sir. But <laughs> uh-huh. he, I'm I'm very excited for him. He's he's had a, a lot of experience um, at high. Jesus. As as like a as, as a high level like very, position coach, he's very experienced at being high. Yeah, he's not the only one, but he <laughs> he spent he spent time in in two different stints as a defensive coordinator. First at Nebraska from 2012 to 14, and then also at North Carolina, and as recently as 2018. Obviously, he spent his last season at Maryland coaching special teams and inside linebackers. So this is a guy that has a lot of experience. He should be able to help Florida State out on special teams as well as on defense. So excited to see him go from defensive coordinator to position coach. And, I mean, it just shows the type of experience that Norbell is going to put across this roster to try and rebuild this Florida State defense that has really struggled over the past couple seasons. I'm with you, though, Logan. I'm really excited. Oh, God. I'm really excited Boy's for crack. Chris Marv. Yeah, I'm really excited for Chris Marv. I think he's going to be a great addition to the linebacker room, and as a coach, and just as a person in general, I think he's going to be a great figure for these young men's lives. There's some interviews out there with him, and I was I was very impressed by him and his speaking ability. I think he's I think he's going to be a fantastic addition to the staff. And just Chris Thompson, he's also put some guys in the NFL at TCU. There was one guy who. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was a former TCU offensive lineman and credited Thompson with preparing him for the NFL and, and getting him mentally ready for the next level. So that's another guy that I'm excited for. And I think really it's it's important to note that pretty much all of these guys that Norvell has hired, they're all getting high praise as well coming in, whereas some of the guys that Taggart has hired, they, they didn't have as, as good of resumes coming into Florida State, and there were some question marks around them. So this is a veteran staff that he's putting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of big outlets, too, and, and national media saying that these are some the, – he's putting in a very nice class. I don't want to say – I don't want to, like, hype it up as much, but there's been multiple people putting out social media that he's putting together an elite, cl- uh, elite staff. And, you know, it's just always wait and see. I think Florida State fans now are going to be very – uh, they're going to wait and see type mode until they play against West Virginia to see if this is actually a, a very nice staff that Norvell put together. Uh, but it, it's optimistic to look at starting off. And then there's still more that Florida State is going to 
uh, need, and that's a, a, a defensive back coach, which I think is probably your just a gigantic that an offensive line linebacker, but just such a big uh coaching hire that needs to be made that with a well-experienced person because you're bringing in so much so much talent you bring in good defensive backs every friggin year and there's guys that are screwing up uh there's guys that are getting manhandled where they shouldn't be i mean they're getting manhandled by universities like wake forest um and uh you're getting just manhandled also by rivals it's just not even not even fun at times i do think asante samuel <clears throat> right now is uh, is your only consistent db that's played very well this season but sanford samuel shouldn't be playing like the way he is and that's i think a lot of this goes to coaching and it just it's the same thing over and over Florida state has got to find a very well respected and experienced defensive back coach that can switch it around because if they can do that, you'll continue to, of course, bring in some good recruits, but you'll see a lot of production and get some takeaways that Florida state needs. Cause you know, too many drop balls, man, too many ridiculous this year. And I know everyone wants to bring back Terrell Buckley. Um, obviously that'd be great for Florida state. Uh, I don't even know if he wants to leave Mississippi state though. That's his home state. It'd obviously be great if he came back to his alma mater, but um, who knows if that'll happen. I think everyone would love it though. Yeah, Terrell Buckley would be, I think, uh, a splash hire for Florida State, in my opinion. Uh, in 2018, uh, Florida, uh, Florida State, Mississippi State's defensive backs did not allow one touchdown uh, during that entire season. They had a really good defense also as a whole um, during his time there. And, he's, of course, he's coaching again this year. Um, he's also sending multiple guys into the league. Uh, I think you would see with what kind of talent uh, Florida State brings in every year, uh, definitely coming in this class with Demario Tate, uh, Demory Tate, he could excel pretty well here. And I think he's hungry for this job from what we've heard. And from what I've heard, uh, from what I, as someone that's very, very close with Terrell Buckley, he is at the balls and, and Norvell's court and Florida state's court. Uh, Terrell Buckley wants to come to Tallahassee and coach. We had him on the to interview him and Dustin asked him straight up <laughs> if he would be interested and if he would, uh, would like to take the job if it became available. Um, and he was like, I'm an old, I'm a coach. And uh, that was pretty much all he said. And, you know, <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. If Florida State were to give him uh, the opportunity, I think you would see Terrell Buckley in here. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, all right, well, you got too many former Noles on the staff coaching. Well, you got Nodell Higgins, you got Ron Dugans on, and Terrell Buckley. Um, just because of what I know with Terrell Buckley and uh, and his track record and what he did at Mississippi State, uh, give it to me. I don't give a damn. Uh, and Ron Dugans is doing excellent recruiting. Odell Higgins is Odell Higgins. Uh, if you're lucky enough, I think it's more if you're lucky enough to have them on staff. Uh, I think that's a, a huge deal. And his and I believe I don't know if she graduated or not, but I know one of his daughters uh, was at Florida State. I don't know if she recently graduated, but. Um, yeah, I think Terrell Buckley would be a big hire for Florida State. But, you know, it's for, uh, Nor Florida State and Norvell could go a different way and go the path of bringing in a guy that he Norvell has already coached with. Yep, and uh, that's pretty much what's going to happen, I guess, if we're, if we're moving on here, Logan, uh, to mm -hmm. our follow the follows. But earlier today, Jeremiah, who we had on the podcast last week, he tweeted that uh, Chris Marv, has followed TJ Rushing and David Johnson on Twitter. TJ Rushing is the current defensive backs coach over at Memphis, and David Johnson is the running backs coach 
over at Tennessee. So there's some buzz behind those being the final two assistant coaches on Norvell's staff. Um, they were both assumed the same positions at Florida State, rushing to coach defensive backs, Johnson to coach running backs. And that would mean Chris Thompson is probably going to be moving over to coach the, the tight ends. Okay. If nobody knows what follow for follow means, that is off of Dustin going into other people's account, or not going into their accounts, but going to see who they're following on Twitter. And uh, it's kind of like a stalker thing. Uh, it's something that Dustin has a thing a going creepy. for him. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Um, and but no, it does it does show a lot of things, man. You know, we saw it with the Purdy thing. That's what Jeremiah, our recruiting insider at NoGamey.com, put out early on was uh, Purdy and. Uh, the situation, I think it was the follow for follow. Something was going on yeah. early on uh, with Dillingham uh, and Florida State. But, uh, yeah, that's the follow for follow thing if people aren't understanding. And it's working because last week I, I tweeted about uh, an, an offensive tackle that Dillingham had followed. And then tonight, actually, while we were recording this show, that offensive tackle received an offer from Florida State and set up an official visit. So follow wow. the follows is legit. It's so yeah, we're not it's giving to give. Key. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to give Dustin any heat on it yet until <laughs> it starts falling apart. But just to until speak it, on on rushing and and Johnson, real quick, uh, rushing and Norvell, they worked together when Norvell was at Arizona State back in 2013 to 14. Um, he's a former Super Bowl champion who spent seven years in the NFL and has really made incremental improvements this year with the Memphis defensive backfield. And I mean, he's only 36 and he, he has a lot of room to continue growing as a coach. And I think that would only just continue to happen at Florida state. And he's also a good recruiter who, you know, with, with the high profileness of Florida state could just only be better on the trail. And the same thing goes for David, David Johnson, who Jeremiah noted was a good recruiter in his tweet um, he's been known for landing some elite guys, and he could do the same thing in Tallahassee. And he spent time coaching all over the offensive side of the ball. Um, whenever he he coached with Norvell at Memphis as a wide receivers coach, was hired to coach the same position at Tennessee in 2018, and then this year began coaching the running backs for uh, the Volunteers. So it just shows, you know, he can be inserted in different positions and still be a valuable member of the coaching staff as well as on the recruiting trail. So if these two hires do end up happening and this is the, the 10 on-field assistants that Norvell goes with in 2020, then I think this is a extremely solid staff for his first year. Boom. Oops. Sorry. I was muted there. My bad. Uh, but it is 11-11, so make a wish. I wish that Jameis Winston would stop throwing interceptions. wish the Vikings didn't suck. Are they losing? Yeah, 23 times. Oh, my. What? I saw that. I saw that. I'm watching it here. I've been quiet about it, though. Didn't want to say anything. Piss off, Austin. I want to piss Why off. Why did our... I pick you up, Boone? Why? <laughs> I hope you're not playing anybody in the NG fantasy because I haven't played since after week one because I told you I would never do play and I don't have any time. I check it every week and I'm in seventh place, so that shows you how good I am at fantasy football. 
Yeah, Holy I haven't checked fantasy shit. in weeks. Oh my, so we all all right, good. We will next season though, but I'll get a text from Dustin heading into uh fantasy time next season and he'll say, So fantasy? And then next day, fantasy, what's going on, Logan? Fantasy. Well, I haven't even made fantasy yet. <laughs> and he's still in seventh place. I mean, how many times? But I'm I'm grinding over here. Hey, last year I lost in the championship and the year before I won the championship. So yeah, we're falling off. What about <laughs> so what about if you were facing nobody that was even checking their rosters all year? That's probably I mean, dude, if you think about it, I've probably lost to multiple people that haven't been checking their rosters for You had to have. So <laughs> I mean you just have to Damn, Logan, you suck. You just have to bury your pride. Except I, it, I except, that even played. except that I hey, suck. Hey, I'll tell you what, the first year I ever played fantasy on you uh Yahoo. I about said YouTube. <laughs> Last time I played fantasy on Yahoo, or the first year I came in first, second year I came in second place in the championship. So uh, you are lucky I haven't tried, I haven't had any time to play. It's too busy during the season to do all that shit, man. Unless we're going to start putting money on it, then I I really have no time for y'all. Oh, yeah? Well, we'll think about it. We got a lot of months (laughs) to go. We got a lot of months, seventh placer. (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. I know. I am. I'm being I'm being mean. Uh but yeah, that's gonna pretty much wrap up the early national signing day and the football talk. Uh we're gonna of course have a preview for you guys, uh football wise for the bowl game against Arizona State and El Paso for their bowl game <laughs> there. That fourth they doesn't have any running back or an offense going except for James Blackman and DJ Matthews and Demarion Terry. Um and Gabe Neighbors. But uh yeah, that's going to do football. We're going to jump into some basketball stuff here. Dustin and Austin get their time slot here of being able to talk their basketball nerdy stuff. But, yeah, Florida State squeezes out a win against USF, and Dustin's pretty pissed about it. Well, I mean, I just – I didn't really get to get to see the first probably 30, 36 minutes or so of the game. I I caught about the last six minutes, which was about the only time Florida State stayed good. So, yeah, Austin, can you just tell me what happened in about the first 35 minutes? Because I couldn't watch it. Someone was trying to kill themselves at the hotel I was staying at. Yeah, I can tell you about the what? first 30 minutes, and then I had to go to work. <laughs> hey, hold up. Oh, wait. Austin, come on. What? He just bypasses it. He just yeah, bypasses of course. it. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a lot of questions now about Austin. He wasn't listening to me earlier anyways before in our meeting before recording. So um what what happened, Dustin? I didn't tell you about that story. No, you never told me about someone trying to kill themselves at the hotel <laughs> that you were staying at. Yeah, so I went down to Titusville for for a wedding the past couple of days. And um we were staying at a days inn, which is shit by the way. The worst hotel you could ever <laughs> stay at. Never stay there. There's bugs crawling on my freaking sink. The bathroom was disgusting. There was like hair in my bed, dust everywhere. I wanted to vomit. I didn't feel comfortable in that room. But um, I burned. I burned my whole suitcase. Like I didn't take anything back. I just left it. it wasn't <laughs> anyway. Don't really wear anything that's impressive. Anyways, we finally we finally get out of that hellhole, and we're getting ready to get on the interstate. Had to get some gas, and there's like ten cop car. I I count it. I'm not even joking. Ten cop cars sirens blaring driving past us i'm like man there must be like a police chase on the interstate or something going on and we get on the interstate and we get we get a call from uh someone who was staying at the the days in that went to the wedding 
And they ask us if we're at the if we're still at the hotel, and we're like, nah, we're on the interstate. And they said, oh, well, someone's trying to kill themselves at the Days Inn right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, it really is that bad of a hotel to stay at. I'd kill myself too. <laughs> Almost did. Jeez, wow. I'm just, I, I, I'm just, I was just really worried. But anyway, about hoops. You, you guys ready to talk some hoops? <laughs> This is turning to a. I was trying to, I can't and then I got rudely interrupted. Yeah, well, I'm glad that I asked <laughs> about what that was because people would have been. This is a podcast. There's like most people, like 90% of people that listen to podcasts, they want to listen to stories about murders and stuff. So I was just trying to create some content there for uh, 90%, 90% of people didn't make it this far. So <laughs> that's probably <laughs> true. So hi to the five people that are listening to us. If, hey, you're, if you're listening to us now, yeah, your mom too. So that's all right. So only four more people. Uh, <laughs> so so if you're listening to us still, tweet us at Hear the Spear and say that you're still listening. That's all you need to say, and we'll understand. All right, go ahead, Austin. Well, I can explain the first thirty minutes of the USF game, and then I had to leave. Um, so I can say sadly, over for the or last athlete, um, six the first, or seven minutes. <laughs> the first half, they just looked flat-footed on defense. They weren't rotating as fast. Guys were driving by them on defense. On offense, they were getting open shots. They just weren't making them. It's the same offensive issues that have plagued them almost all season. There's been a couple games here and there where they've looked decent. But, yeah, they just look slow and out of place for the almost the entire first half. Um, real changes didn't start happening until the bench came in and Raekwon Evans was playing well, polite, played really well. Um, Malik Osborne obviously gave great energy. But the starters just they didn't look great. And it's worrisome, especially with conference play start officially starting in just under a week on December 31st against Georgia Tech. Um, yeah, I, it was it was a worrisome game, but good teams find a way to win games, which they obviously did. Um, I guess you can explain the last six minutes there, Dustin. One thing real quick that I wanted to ask you about, since I didn't get to watch most of it, but what happened with o- o- Legend Zach and uh, Balsa Kobervika? I mean, he only o- Legend Zach only played five. Kobervika only played eight minutes. So it really just seemed like they were kind of phased out of the game by USF, I guess. Which is weird because Dominic only played the first five minutes, and I don't think he checked back in. Um, and I just I don't think Balsa was being physical enough. It's not like USF was running small. USF has Michael Durr, a seven foot center, and he was yeah. just dominating. Um, he was dominating the glass. So I don't know if Coach Ham just wanted to get him away from the paint and just live with the rebounds he was getting since he was getting them anyways. But, yeah, it seems like they just wanted to – I don't know. They, they wanted to eliminate Durr some, somehow, and it wasn't – they weren't doing it with Balsa and Dominic. Right. Yeah, well, like you said, Austin, it was, it was pretty sluggish early on. Florida State, they weren't looking very good on defense and – Really, at the same time, I thought USF was making some ridiculous shots. Um, I tuned in around around the eight-minute mark. Trent Forrest made a layup for Florida State to take, I think, their first lead of the game. And then right after that, USF comes back, hits a three-pointer. There's a technical foul on Leonard Hamilton. They make both free throws, and then they come back down and hit another three-pointer. And suddenly USF, USF is up eight points with seven minutes left in the game. And they go up ten points on their next possession with a dunk. And suddenly I'm like, wow, 
Florida State might actually lose to USF while I'm on this long-ass car ride. <laughs> and then from then on, all the defense that Florida State had been missing the rest of the game, it, it suddenly just it just clicked. And I mean, that was something I tweeted after the game. Florida State held USF to just one made field goal over the final six minutes and 32 seconds of the game. And it was a layup that the defense willingly gave up with three seconds left. So it was crazy how fast they went from missing a ton of assignments and giving USF great shots to suddenly locking in and just shutting them down, forcing turnovers, getting easy baskets and, and winning this game when they probably shouldn't have done so. And I mean, that's just really a testament to Florida state turning it on and, and winning an ugly one. And I, I said it after the game, that's what great teams do. They, whatever you're down, they fight back and they win the ugly ones because at the end of the day, a win is a win. Absolutely. And it, for the first 30, 30-ish, 32-ish minutes, it never felt like Florida State had the momentum, even when they did finally get the lead on that Trent Forrest bucket. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but that 10-0 stretch for that minute 32 seconds, that seemed to finally be their wake-up call. And they're like, all right, guys, let's do what we do. Um, there's that old saying that defense and effort travels, and it hadn't traveled up to that point. But yeah, that last... 632 they put on a defensive clinic the press was amazing um we even saw that at the end of the game they ran their uh, baseline out of bounds defense perfectly got a steal and an easy dunk um it, it was a weird momentum game but yeah like you said great teams find way to win games even when it's ugly coach hamilton said that a lot when i was there coach jones said that a lot when i was there all that matters is the result at the end of the day and they got the win yeah and especially with this game you know, just a couple of days before Christmas, it's, you know, it's got to be tough to be 100% focused going up against a team we talked about, Austin, that hasn't been very impressive this season, which, I mean, USF put on a very impressive showing in this one. And I'm sure their players and coaching staff have to be pretty upset that they kind of gave the game away in those final six minutes because for the first 35 or so, they had complete control and they just fumbled it away at the end. Yeah, this is the same USF team that lost to by 15-plus to Boston College, IUPUI, and New Mexico State this season. It's the same team. They're, I think they're starting to learn how to play without their big man who they lost before the season. Forget his name off the top of my head. Um, Yetna, I think it was. Um, he was a big part to their success last season. And I think they're starting to realize how they can play without him. Yeah, it's it's the same team. It's obviously USF has to be disappointed that they got the got the L, but um, it's college basketball. Those things are going to happen. Um, but also to this point that it's just a few days before Christmas, the, arguably the two best players in the game were Raekwon Turk Gray and Anthony Polite, and they were playing basically in their hometown because they're both from Fort Lauderdale. Um, yeah. So usually you expect those guys to be the ones that are more lackadaisical since they're already homes, basically. Um, and, right. and they put up the greatest showing. So that was great to see. And the progression Anthony Plyta showed the past few games especially has been great. There's a lot of fans at the beginning of the season that didn't like him, and he's starting to really turn a corner. Hey, he just he shouldn't be polite about it. All right. Okay. I, I'm not even a part of this conversation, and I heard that while I'm reading, and I didn't like that. So, yeah. Austin, real real quick, any concerns over Florida State being out-rebounded 42-28 to 28 by USF, especially, like you said, with conference play just around the corner and 
a tough road matchup with Louisville on January 4th. So this team, you know, needs to respond quickly. Yeah, anytime you get out-rebounded that badly, it's a concern. But on the same note, the ACC doesn't have that dominant big man group you're used to seeing. There's no Zion Williamson. There's no uh, Stephen Enoch with Louisville. Um, there's, they've always had great bigs in this league, and you, just, you haven't seen that. Um, Vernon Carey's okay for Duke, but he's not physically imposing. He's not going to bang out for 10 rebounds like Bagley and Wendell Carter did. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think rebounding is going to be as big of a concern as it is or has been in the past. Uh, but obviously, it's still a huge factor into winning games. The only reason Florida State won against USF is they forced 24 turnovers, which is absurd. You're not going to do that against Duke and Louisville and Virginia. Yeah, 13 steals, 10 blocks out of Florida State against USF, which is pretty crazy. A lot of activity defensively. Yeah, and four of those blocks were Devin Vassell, of all people. That's unbelievable. How much of that – I, I want to know how much of that came in the last six minutes. <laughs> I do as well. I know there was one stretch where they had, I think, three blocks on three straight possessions. Yeah, like they they really turned it on down the stretch. It was it was crazy. I was watching MJ, and the, the defensive effort that he was showing from like the eight-minute mark compared to around the four-minute mark – was crazy. He took a he took a terrible shot from a moving three pointer early in a possession that was just it wasted a possession where it was fifty seven to fifty one and then he comes down and and draws a charge and then gets a steal a couple possessions after that and then gets a bucket so yeah I mean just way to respond mental toughness from this team. Mental toughness is key. In basketball and football on all of sports also, just to let you guys know. Yeah. And but that's that's the last game for Florida State until December twenty eighth against North Alabama. Um, we, we talked about this stretch a little bit. They play North Alabama, which should be an easy win. Then they play one of the worst teams in the ACC, Georgia Tech, on December thirty first at twelve PM. So make sure to tune into that before Florida State's bowl game against Arizona State. Nice little, I don't know, nice little warm-up before the bowl game. And then finally, you get the big one at number three, Louisville, on January 4th. So a couple more tune-up games for Florida State, and then a really tough matchup against Louisville, a game that might be the toughest on the schedule, on the regular season schedule this year. Yeah, North Alabama, this is only their second season as a Division One team, so I'm not expecting much from that game except... A lot of scoring from Florida State and not a lot from North Alabama. Um, Georgia Tech, they've had very, they've had great defenses in the past, and they've had success against us, keeping us in the low 50s, low 60s in scoring. So I'd expect that to be a low-scoring game. And then, yeah, that Louisville game. I, I'm of the opinion Louisville is the best team in the country right now, especially talent-wise. Um, I'm not sure about coaching-wise, but I'll get into that in my preview article when that time comes. But yeah, that, that's a very impressive team, and it's a very intimidating environment to play play in. Um, I used to be great friends with Grayson Allen's family. I know that's first words around here. I know. I went to the same church and same middle school as him. Um, they, said the like KFC Yum- <laughs> they said the KFC Yum Center, which is where Louisville plays, is the most intimidating intimidating environment they ever played in, even more so than Cam- or not Cameron Indoor, the Dean Dome for North Carolina which they hear that from a Duke family's 
pretty impressive. So it's it's a very tough place to play. It's a huge arena. I think it seats twenty something thousand, um, and it's going to be rocking for when Florida State gets there January fifth. Yeah, they take their basketball very serious in Kentucky. I mean, you think about the program that Kentucky has, and then also Louisville, and then there's some other impressive programs in the state. Western State. Western, yeah, Murray State. Western Kentucky comes to my mind just because of some of the recruits that they've landed over the past couple years. So, I mean, that's a crazy state for basketball. And you have to think that Cardinals fans especially are going to be just wanting to beat the shit out of Florida State for what they've done to them in football. I don't think they care that much about football, honestly. There's some salty people for Chubba Purdy. Oh, yeah, and that's to be expected. But that is a basketball state, and it always will be. And especially in a state where there are no pro bas- no professional teams at all. Um, Not yet. Kentu- Kentucky and Louisville basketball are going to rule that state for a long time. All right, Logan. Well, is it time? I think it is time, boys. Is it time to extend my lead? <laughs> Man, so right now we're going to run into our favorite segment on here this year. We're going to run into our FSU trivia. This is where we learn and we also make fun of whoever's wrong. <laughs> um, and some, there's multiple times where both guys have been wrong. <laughs> so um, right well, now. There's also the times where I pull it out of my ass and get somehow guess the right number. So. Yep, exactly. And there's going to be, I think there's got to be a 10-second timer on these because I've been giving way too much time and y'all could easily get to your phones and Google stuff. Um, so I think there's going to be a 10 second timer on this uh for each question so you just have to be smart with it and figure it out off the top of your head it'll be a slow 10 second one but we're going to jump right into it 10 seconds it'll be a slow 10 seconds because that seems pretty quick 12 yeah (laughs) all right so let's jump into question number one austin has a lead at three to one over dustin lewis here we go question number one the seminoles started playing their home games at doke campbell stadium in 1950 what was the name of their home stadium before that? <laughs> Ten. Nine. Hey, Tallahassee Heroes. I know it when you're going to say it, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Three. Two. One. Answers, everybody. I have nothing. Tallahassee Heroes. <laughs> And wrong. <laughs> it is called. It was called back in the day Centennial Field. That's is the correct right. answer. That yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah, I knew when you were going to say it, it was going to sound familiar. Yep. All right. Next question up. This is question number two of the night. How many former interim head coaches are there, except for Odell Hagen's in FSU's past history? So, you say how many total head coaches, not interim head coaches? The interim head coaches, interim head coaches. Uh, I'll say, what? I'll say two. I don't know. I'll say, pa- I'll say three. I have no idea. I'm bringing some good questions, ladies and gentlemen. It is eh, zero. Odell Hagen is the <laughs> only interim head coach and has ever been under Florida State <laughs> football staff. None of these on here, at least coming from Wikipedia. Jesus. There is none We're on We're using here. Wikipedia as our sources? <laughs> How on many times question you number three. not do that? Uh, under, now on to question number three. Actually, my professor this semester said I should use it. Um, and she got fired. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am really, really just kidding. 
All right, question number three. This should be a good one here. Hopefully these guys actually know what the hell they're doing in covering Florida State Athletics. This is going football-wise here. Where is Marvin Wilson from? Houston. Texas. All right, we'll take Houston, that. Houston, Texas. <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take that one. All right, on to question number four. This is getting to know your current roster at Florida State. Where is Isaiah Bolden from defensive back? Florida. Um, but I need to. I need where it's from. Oh, man. Eight, Tampa? seven, six, five, four. I'll go with Tampa. It's something like that. It's somewhere <laughs> in the Tampa area. It is, it is Tampa. It is Tampa. That is correct. Okay. Yep. 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 Um. Let's see here. Question. What was that? Question number four. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Question number five. What number does Michael Barulich walk on <laughs> wide receiver wear? What number what? does he wear? Wait, can you repeat? Did you say his position? Yeah, wide receiver. What was his last name again? Barulich. Barulich? B-A-R-U-L-I-C-H. Michael Barulich. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Eighty-seven. Eighty-six. Ding, 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 ding. Dustin Lewis is your winner this week at 86. (laughs) Wide receiver position for Michael Barulich. He is a walk-on wide receiver from Orlando, Florida. Um... His high school is actually Lake Nona. He's a redshirt junior. He weighs 185 pounds. He's 5'11". Why are you telling us this? <laughs> because you just got your answer right, finally. Yeah, but I don't now, care about his bio. He doesn't even sound happy about it. He doesn't feel he earned it. Yeah, that was pretty good, though. Man, wanna, you were so... I want to recount. A What? I don't know. Keep going. I'm tired. I don't want to stop yet. Give no, me that's it. Questions. No, that's it. We will run this. Didn't I tell you before we started recording that I was hungry? <laughs> I'd rather do but more trivia the... than hear your stupid fun fact. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, I thought Dustin was going to bring us a fun fact. Well, I, I was supposed to. Yeah, I didn't come prepared. Oh, you didn't <laughs> come prepared? You didn't come prepared last time. But I still found something, so you gotta you gotta do your fun fact, and then I'll be able to find something while you're doing. Oh yeah, yeah, bro. Um, here's a good one. Your fun fact of the night. One of our also very liked segments. We're seeing a lot more new listeners because we started this segment. I think we're up like uh, 0.1%. So that's great to see <laughs> since we started the segment. Our fun fact of the night here. Uh, if a female ferret does not have sex for a year, she will die. I feel like we've heard this one. No. We not? You always say that every time. No, we haven't. No, no, I, I, I definitely feel like we'd heard that one. Maybe I've heard any, it at work. Any, anything, any, any, uh, any thoughts on that? If a female ferret does not have sex for a year, she will die. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting. Uh, would you like me to say mine? I'm not sure if I want to know yours. <laughs> Beer. Oh, yeah. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Beer and vaginas have the same level of acidity. So eat up. I mean, drink up. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> you know what scares me is that his mom listens. Hope she's not listening to this part. Wait, edit out, edit out. <laughs> no. I got, I got a different one. I got a different. Uh, one. Uh, <laughs> I've got a different one. Well, uh, there's that. Oh uh, man, that's right, why I said. Ready for Amazing. This Go ahead. Elephants have a prehensile penis. That means they can use it to grab stuff. And do you wish you had that skill? I do. Have <laughs> <laughs> a third arm and hand. I, I was just gonna say one. It takes. It actually takes 142.18 licks to reach the center of a tootsie pop. Well, that's a lot less. It has to be more than that. Graphic of these. That's yeah. That, I, that's someone's got a good tongue to have that. <laughs> Speaking of tongues, fifty percent of people <laughs> over fifty still engage in oral sex. Ponder that while I breakfast with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Play that. Oh role. man! Wow. That's disgusting. <laughs> what site are you on? Pornhub.com. <laughs> really? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what. I mean, content's content for a lot of sites now. They can make a fun fact. Oh page. man. Wow. That that's interesting there. Thanks so much, Dustin. And I tried to keep it more rated, like like. 13 maybe like 18 but well i mean you know kids have you, they have the adh tv or whatever the hell it's called so hopefully by this point <laughs> they have zoned out adh tv <laughs> <laughs> yep. after listening to that fun fact here's my fun fact banging your head against a wall for one hour burns 150 calories so that's <laughs> what i'm about to go do <laughs> I suggest doing that after going through one of these every night with you guys. Wow. That's inter- that's interesting. I might go try to burn some calories later. Um, perfume musk came from a sack in front of a deer's dick. What? What did you just say? Perfume musk came from a sack in front of a deer's dick. Alright, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> beavers are interesting. Natural flavoring substitutes came from a gland right next to a beaver's anus. Yeah, I mean, I knew that. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Is now here the deer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it. I think that's pretty good. I think there's some good fun facts that were. Yeah, it's been enough enough facts for the night, I would say. Yeah, I don't want enough fun facts to never have enough fun facts on a podcast again. Unless you guys want one more fact, because no. What is this like? Does does the let's listen in and see if anybody else wants to hear anything. Let's see what the chat is saying. Oh, chat says they want one more. (laughs) All right, for all you people that have iPhones out there, you can use, well, if you're a dude, you can use your penis to unlock your iPhone with Touch ID if you set it up as a finger. <laughs> so that, that's a that's an exciting uh, 
possibility that I'm sure some of you will be trying out tonight. Uh, I know, I know, I will on my Android. Yeah, I'm not to say that. <laughs> He's about to go buy an iPhone because of this. Yeah, he is. I've been telling him to get an iPhone for about four years now, and he still hasn't got one. But I'll bet you, in a matter of about less than a month, he's gonna have an iPhone just because of this fun fact. Hey, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope nobody's doing that tonight, uh, just from my end, and I, I'm sure Austin feels the same. Uh, just keep your fingers on your phone and nothing else. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Here the Spear recapping the early national signing day. We jumped into a lot of the assistant stuff. Uh, we jumped into targets heading into the rest of the 2020 class. We did some basketball recap and preview. Um, but yeah, the next time we talk to you guys, it will be previewing Florida State's matchup against Arizona State on New Year's Eve. Um, happy holidays to everybody. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, um, Google Play, everywhere. If you're on iTunes, feel free to write us five stars. It helps a lot. And leave a review if you can, if you have the time. Don't use your dick to write the review. Um, <laughs> and, Jesus. And, uh, yeah, I think that will pretty much do it. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas from all of us here at Hear the Spear and Noel Game Day combined. Um and yeah i hope you all have a great rest of the christmas time maybe we'll put like a jingle song here at the end how about that little jingle jingle sure okay we sing sing one note of a christmas song oh god please no rudolph the red nose reindeer that's all i know all right that's That's all you (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right Merry Christmas, everybody. Shout out to Dustin's mom for having to listen to this. And that will not be edited. Have a great oh. holiday. <laughs> <laughs>